Welcome to On Balance. I'm your host, Dr. Rod Berger. I'll be your guide as we explore the stories of today with the personalities impacting tomorrow. Welcome to On Balance. Okay, so I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into a conversation about what we're seeing in education. We've seen a lot of layoffs in education and education technology. Obviously, the country and the world are dealing with a lot of uh, instability. And I noticed that there was a CEO of an ed tech platform uh, called Elevator, Roman Peskin, who's had some uh, some thoughtful, I think, reflections on what we're seeing. Um, and he's in this space. So I wanted to reach out to Roman and spend some time and get his perspective on what we're seeing uh, with regards to the demand for learning and upskilling uh, in our world. Roman, it's nice to spend some time with you today. Absolutely. Thank you very much for inviting me. So Roman, tell me, you, I know that Elevator, your company, which is ELVTR.com, um, tell me what it is, the, the question that you guys were trying to get an answer to, because I know you did some research, you were looking at Google data, uh, and you found some interesting, I think, things out of that data that might speak to what the actual truth is about what people are looking for. Well, the data you're referring to is the data about the current trends. Um, the, the world is going through some difficult times economically, and we all know that people, there's a lot of uncertainty and, um, people are worried uh, about their future, about the future of their jobs. And there's inflation and the cost of living and, uh, salaries very often did not match the increasing cost of living. Uh, you know, we, we haven't had this inflation for a very long time, I think like for 40 years or something, at least in the U S and uh, people are used to have, used to think that their stable salary is good. Like I'm making that amount of, uh, of dollars a year and my buying power doesn't change uh, significantly or at least noticeably. Now people are starting to notice, notice that the buying power of their salary is no longer there where it used to be even a year ago. And um, people start looking for opportunities to either upskill or reskill to get a promotion or to, you know, change the job. But at the same time, they also worried about keeping the job in the first place. As, you know, everybody's talking about the possible recession and um, uh, big companies uh, cutting their staff, uh, even the, 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 the very successful, the, uh, you know, uh, companies who typically are very hungry for uh, new people, for new hires, uh, yesterday, I think Google published the data that they have reviewed um, their hiring plans for the next year, and they, they slashed it uh, very significantly. So people are getting worried. And um, the amount of people who are searching online for um, the data and for the opportunities to um, get a promotion has increased hundreds of percents. And so what, what, do, you, what do you think that the answer is? Because I know that the what searching for online courses was up over 170% uh, and professional education was up 39%. There is no shortage in online education. That's very true. And um, here's, <clears throat> we need to make a step back here a little bit. Knowledge is almost free these days. Knowledge doesn't cost much. Imagine walking into Barnes and Nobles with a thousand dollars in your pocket. 
And the amount of knowledge you can buy with $1,000 is enormous. Just the information in the books that you're going to haul out of the store is going to be, what, 50 books, about that, 40, 50 books. And the amount of knowledge in these books is going to be immense. It's going to be worth three MBAs. But there is still a reason why people go to Harvard and pay $200,000 for a Harvard MBA. They're not spending $1,000 for books in the, in the Barnes and Nobles. And the reason is that buying a book is not the same as having the knowledge. That's what often you know, tricks us. Uh, I often go to bookstore, enjoy going to bookstores. When I get in, there's a book with a beautiful cover with an enticing um, title. It's something about that interests me, whether it's marketing or sales or self-development or something. And you immediately think, oh, it's $25. I'm going to invest in myself $25 and buy this book. That's wrong because... That's only a first step. Uh, the real investment is going to happen when I find time to read the book. Um, I have a lot <laughs> of books on my bookshelf that I bought thinking that I'm going to invest in myself buying the book. And then, well, what I did, I well, I skimmed through it, maybe. Um, I didn't read many of the books that I, that I own currently. And the same thing happens with the online education today. People run across a course, it very well could be a free course, it could be a $20 course, which is close to free. And they sign up, and that's about it. And so there, are, we have too many options, you think? We, I think we stopped valuing knowledge and education. We still value diplomas and, and certificates. We still value achievements. We don't value the availability of a knowledge anymore, because we are overloaded with information completely and absolutely. And if, if I'm going to be mistaken um, uh, with, I, I'm not quoting like a, a, a real data, but the amount of information that was printed a hundred years ago in the entire world is printed today in like under an hour. That's so the yeah, the, there's a lot of information out there and, I sign up for a free course or for a $20, $40 course. What am I going to get? I'm going to get 40 hours of self-paced videos. Well, quite frankly, with my ADHD and my, uh, my job and my family obligation, my own pace is zero. I'll be quite frank with you. And so is for many people. So the, the companies who are trying to solve the problem with uh, online education today and education in general is to make people somehow trick people into absorbing the knowledge that is available and presenting the knowledge in a way that is absorbable. And um, think about it as a um, weight loss industry. There is only one way to lose weight. Consume less calories. That's it. If you eat more than you spend, you're going to get fat. If you spend more than you eat, you're going to get thin. There is, is, that, is that what we've done in the education sector? Yeah. Because the, the, the weight loss industry is packaging this very simple formula 
in so many different ways. There's so many different diets, so many different schemas, so many different ways how to trick people to eat less and move more. We, they brand them, we trademark them, we come up with various ideas how to position those things. But the, the idea is very simple, eat less, move more. So we are here in the educational space, we're doing a similar thing. We're trying to trick people to enjoy absorbing the knowledge and to pay attention. We're fighting for the attention of the students who very often actually paid for the presented uh, knowledge, for the presented education. And we're just trying to get them pay attention. And when you, uh, you know, going back to the Harvard situation, w- back in the days when it wasn't online, um, when you pay, when you spend 100K um, on, a, on, a, on a degree and you show up in class, uh, in auditorium, in person, the chances are that you're going to pay attention. You know, you have classmates, you have a professor who's asking questions, who like sees that right there on the last row in the audience, Roman is sleeping and I'm going to just pink him with a question and I'm not going to let him sleep. In online, it doesn't happen this way. In online, very often, the vast majority of online education is uh, asynchronous, meaning you study at your own pace. And very often, it's just like reading the book. Sometimes it's not as fun as we thought it is. So, uh, well, we don't pay attention. We don't go through. We don't complete the, uh, the the program. I think it's a public knowledge that Coursera, which is a fantastic uh, source of free knowledge for m- millions of people, uh, but they do have um, a completion rate of around 5% for uh, their free courses. Um, think about it. Only every 20th, of a person of people who signed up uh, managed to get through. So now you work in the education space. You have your company Elevator. So how? So if I play the cynic, uh, how would how are you going to avoid being just like the others? What's your approach that you think is a differentiator? Right. We started from the outset thinking like how how we're going to get people pay attention, and there are two things that we do differently. Um, first, we don't sell recordings. Uh, all our courses are live. And, and when the course is on you know, Monday and, and Friday at 7 p.m. and you got to show up, then you're going to pay attention. But also you have this ability to interact with uh, your instructor. Uh, you can ask questions and so on. So you're, when you're a part of a group of 40 people who are learning together and you actually tr- have true classmates, and real uh, homework assignments and real projects that you present, that you defend, that you give feedback about, that, that resembles very much that that auditorium in, 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 in the college where you are together, just virtual. Uh, so this is changing the attention situation dramatically. And um, another thing is that, unfortunately, in the online space, and uh, well, well, you know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna get a little, a little arrogant and say even about you know apply the same to to MBAs and you know college situation. When I did my MBA, I listened so many times to the professor. I'm just carefully choosing my words <laughs> <laughs> to my professors, and some of them had the knowledge but not the experience. And you're thinking like, all right, I get it. You probably spent 25 years researching the subject, but it's obvious you haven't spent a day doing the job that you're teaching me right now how to do. 
That's a big issue for a lot of students. That's a big issue of our current education in general, starting from schools. A lot of our teachers are teaching things that they, well, they really don't have a clue about. And it goes to colleges. And so those that proctor in the elevator platform, they're actually coming from industry, correct? Yes. We engage uh, instructors who come from the industry. They come from the blue chip, most famous companies, from high up positions in those companies, people who made themselves get into those positions. And uh, the vast majority of them never taught. And that's one thing that I'm particularly proud about on the like sort of, that's my, that's our, that's our investment. That's our give back to the world that we reach out to experts and say, okay, you're an expert. You achieved a lot. You're enjoying the executive level position at Google, Facebook, you name it. You've learned a lot. You've made mistakes. You are not 20 year student anymore. How about you give something back? How about you teach other people how to do that? How about you imagine that you met your younger self 20 years ago and taught yourself something that you know now? It's like, listen, <laughs> youngster, listen to me. I'm, I'm, I'm you, but 20 years older. I'm going to tell you now what you need to do to get where I am now quicker and with less mistakes and maybe with less um, uh, costs. And that's the pitch that I do when I speak to our prospective instructors. So imagine it, the, most of them never taught. And we are proud that we unearthed this, this knowledge that was otherwise hidden. They, most of them never thought about teaching. They're too busy. and they, they, they don't think about it. But we approach them and we say, how about you teach? We will help you build a program. We have a big instruction design team. Uh, we have a big production uh, facility in general. We'll help them build their uh, their, their syllabus, the programs. We'll we, we design their slides if we have to, and so on. But we need your expert, your your this magic pixel dust, and um, uh, that's that's what that's what we do. And people do pay attention to that because when when somebody who is, um, you know who is more of a, if you can to do teach scenario is, is doing an online course. It's one thing when uh, you have a major executive from a major company uh, teaching you how to do things, then you pay attention. Tell me about then the courses that you're offering. I'm going to make, take a wild guess that they are, they're not the typical historical uh, list of courses because you're trying to meet students where they're actually at and the reality and the context with which they, with they live within. Some of them are. Uh, we do have a corporate finance course, although it's a very creative course. It's only about maybe 40% of the course is, is the standard corporate finance thing. And the rest is uh, the new stuff that you're not going to find in, the, in a textbook for corporate uh, finance course in, in, in your business school. There's, there's stuff about crypto. There's stuff about many, many things, uh, financial innovations and fintech and all that. So we do have that. But the, the, you're right saying that the core of our offerings are practical things that you, you, can't, you cannot learn at college. Um, there are three main sort of directions that we take. First is a creative one. We have courses about design, uh, but design also like UX in gaming. 
very niche thing, extremely popular. Um, well, gaming, sorry, gaming is, is, is a particularly popular uh, subject with us. Um, then we have a lot of different niche courses on analytics. It's remarkable that analytics applied to a certain vertical, uh, they, they're different. One of our most popular courses is healthcare analytics, analytics Health. in healthcare, data analysis in healthcare. This country needs that. Um, and every, almost every healthcare professional needs that. And it's, it's an extremely popular course that is not offered very often at all. If you Google it, you're probably going to find two or three other offerings at college level. So Roman, let me ask you then about that course as an example. Tell me about the the sort of the typical demographic, the student that is taking that course. Is it someone in healthcare that is not finding the skill set they need in healthcare analytics and they're finding you as a resource? Or who is that student that's taking the course? Very often there are people from healthcare who want to grow. And um, very often there are nurses or um People around the pharmacy business, um, or um, management in healthcare facilities, um, many of them lack analytics skills, or it could be people who actually have analytics background, but they're not in healthcare, and, and they want to learn. They want to learn. They want to get into healthcare. Tell me about the sort of where is Elevator? How long has it been around? How many students do you have? How many courses have been taught? Like, give me some of the the state of the yeah. union here. Yeah, the first course we launched was just over two years ago, um, so we're two years old. Um, we teach today 10, 15 courses a month with um, sixty to eighty students in every group. Uh, so far, we taught around three thousand students, I think, and. We grow, I don't want to brag, but I, I think we grow very healthy. Uh, we haven't taken any uh, venture money, any outside financing. Um, I've built a couple of companies before, and this time we were focused on not building a startup, but building a business, if you know what I mean. There's a difference. Yeah, there um, is a difference. So uh, we, we, we even sort of refrain from calling it a startup. Like We, we have a business. And you know what's the difference? We're actually profitable. <laughs> <laughs> Two years into this adventure, uh, we are solidly profitable, uh, which is not very often for a startup. And is it a degree program? Is it a? Uh, tell me about that that part of it. If if a prospective student, you know, you know or a professional is listening to this, uh, no, it's not a non. It's a non-degree credit. Um, we. All our courses are standard in their length. We found that the sweet spot is either six or seven weeks with two lessons per week. So it's 12 or 14 lectures uh, per week, plus some uh, some labs, projects, uh, office hours, and so on. But they're pretty compressed. Uh, they're longer than you know your three-day executive course at Stanford for $15,000. But um, uh, it, it's not a degree. It's a, it's a short course that allows you to boost knowledge in one particular discipline and go back and start applying this, uh, this knowledge. We have serious students. We have people who bought, um, I think, six or seven was the maximum so far, courses from us. Uh, like one person went through one course and like, 
okay, this thing is working for me. And he just bought seven courses, uh, like into the future, different. Like, so he's basically building his own degree. And that's where the world of education is. is that's is where it's going, don't you think? It's yeah, trending that's where it's that going. Way? That's, that's where it's going, yeah. Uh, so if we were, you know, to uh, have a deeper conversation about education in general, that's that's what would pop up. That That's where we go in the, the colleges where we teach thousands of people the same thing. Um, they're going to have to reform. They're going to have to change. I'm not saying that college is going anywhere, but those who don't change, they probably will go somewhere. Yeah, they're going to find it because they have a desire. I mean, to the, the original point in talking about just come, the research like, out there. Absolutely. Um, so imagine you graduated from college, you worked very hard for four years, and you have a bachelor's degree, and you spend tens of thousands of dollars of your parents' money doing that, or um, you've, you've taken a debt, um, which you're probably going to spend the next 20 years paying off. And uh, you found out that you actually don't have a practical skill to be immediately employable. That's the grid. That's the fear, right? That's the fear that these students go to sleep with every night is what I'm investing in. Will it be applicable to the realities of my life? Can I start the job right now, right away? Do I have enough practical, relevant, actual, up-to-date skills and data and knowledge to start being employable right now? And very often they are not. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a conundrum. And it looks like what you're doing, I don't know if it was that you started off uh, as a student and you saw that, you know, the challenges. I know I was that student as well, sort of angry at why are we, it, everything seems to be off. It's like the elevator has stopped between two floors and we can't really figure out which floor we're supposed to be on. So uh, I applaud what you're doing. And in short order, in two years, to be profitable, one, as a business is, is an achievement. And two, to integrate in industry into the education process. I think that that may be the, the elixir that, you, that you're presenting here because that gives students of all ages and backgrounds and abilities a window into what that reality looks like and how they can then apply those skill sets. So where can people go, Roman, if they want to learn more about Elevator and or connect with you? Elevator.com, E-L-V-T-R.com. They they can connect with me on LinkedIn, probably the the easiest. And um, to add up a little bit to what you just said, we didn't start from zero. We uh, built Elevator on the success of a different company that was built in Ukraine uh, seven years ago, started seven years ago in Ukraine. And the business model was proved there uh, by my co-founder, Jenny Feldman. And um, we took the model, we adapted it to the US environment. And uh, so we had a lot of know-how starting here. So two years is is not gonna be fair to say that we, you know, that we made mistakes and lower down way. No, so it's the, uh, the other company made the mistakes that uh, we've learned from. <laughs> I think the audience appreciates that transparency in a world where we could use more of it. Well, Roman, uh, it's been a great pleasure to spend some time with you. I look forward to seeing how Elevator continues to uh, provide opportunities for students of all backgrounds and abilities. Thanks so much, Roman. Thank you. My pleasure. This concludes another chapter of On Balance. Connect with me via LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Dr. Rod Berger.